This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Moded Studios, embroidered patches and apparel. Go to modedstudios.com and check out all the latest and greatest in patches and apparel. Some of my favorite patches on the website is under the others category uh snow white smoking out of her poison apple uh spongebob i am out of here meme and of course we have baby yoda from the mandalorian meme go to modestudios.com m-o-d-e-d-s-t-u-d-i-o-s.com they're always updating their website and they do custom work modedstudios.com go out and get yourself some now on with the show picture frames ripped off the wall broken dishes reading from the missile lead leaving out the park when mary magdalene was giving it up then found jesus as long as she believed he ain't judging for no reason focus on reaching teaching making believers so if he cheated it don't matter don't that make it a beacon a red light like illuminating your natural state demodulating the digital space that you was graced with because nostalgia does exist when a bear hit the wall like a fist watching it grow into something that anybody would miss like fruity loops is cool but analog is the shit i guess it's all about that and not enough about this i wish you well out there call when you reminisce you can stay here baby as long as you know this nothing lasts forever and temporary's a gift hmm? <laughs> cause you get more bees with honey sweeter than honey bees want to spend more living single like mexicadesia one tapping the phone, the other swiping visas. Chicks with cash takes trips to Chichenitsa. Wearing broken heart bracelets from Tiffany's. Drinking to make memories. We'll make a ball in the pantry. If it ain't about dick, you know it's finna be. Fuck all that he say, she say shit. Unless he say, she say she like Will Smith. Party hall with her girls, granting her own wish. Getting jiggy, sweating perfume out of crucifix. Settle down, find a dude from around town. Like little Eric Mena just got a about wow but not before the riches baby daddies and females are getting mails from g's way before gmail experience is what they call it mix that with the mind of an apostolic huh. that's why some dudes when they start pimping try to get a bink about her that's why some dudes when they start pimping get a cubit link about her you can never find a though she can't do it all for the hundreds you the spring winter just the fall and the summer and that was tori t and myself of course tori is the one rapping and myself is the everything else that annoying noise right now and in, in, in the background all me baby that's all me welcome back ladies and gentlemen to another episode of the we speak english good podcast today's guest is mr matthew elton smith Matt has been on the show a few times before, and um, he's just always a great guest, and he's just a a, a great musician, a great composer. Uh, he, he's just a friend of the show for sure. He'll he'll end up being coming back inevitably, but uh, so we're checking in with Matt, getting a little update with him. He's he's calling in from Long Beach, California. So. Um, <sighs> send some sh- sunshine our way to uh to gloomy toledo ohio matt um anyways <laughs> i hope that you had a great week i hope that you had a great and safe weekend uh it is wednesday and i am on day three of a juice fast that i started this monday so um I- i'm gonna give you a little bit of what's going on because i've been throwing um all my progress and stuff on 
uh, on my Instagram, which you can follow at We Speak English Good. Uh, same on uh, Facebook, We Speak English Good. And I think it's We Speak 2020, I think, or We Speak Good English. I don't know what it is on Snapchat, but uh, who gives a fuck? <laughs> so uh, this Juice Fast thing is was brought on because I, uh, well, over winter, I got super fat. Uh, last summer, my aunt died, who was very close to me. I got super sad about that, and I just started eating. And then comes winter, and then comes the holidays, and then just, you're just eating. You're just at this moment where you're, like, falling asleep on the couch, waking up, because you felt, you passed out on the couch full, and then you wake up, and you go, and, and you're not hungry at all. And you just go stuff more shit in your mouth just to get it in because you just woke because I'm awake now. And then you go right back to sleep. That's how you get fat as fuck. So I started um, uh, last summer. I was at 197. And when I went on tour with uh, Skanks Roots Project last July, I was like 197 or something. And uh, when I started the Juice Fest, I was 224-ish, maybe almost 225. I just don't want to put that image of 225 224 is acceptable 225 is not so i started at 224 and um yesterday i was down to 222 um and then this morning when i woke up i was down to 215 that's right motherfuckers 215 um so it's working good uh i i did it to uh for for mostly shallow reasons i just want to not be fat like i don't feel good when i'm fat and obviously i'm not pulling my shit together i go to the gym like almost every day this it's just that that's the most ridiculous part about it is that i go to the gym so much but yet i grew i just got fatter and fatter so yeah i'm, I'm gonna do this juice fast and um well today uh, was it's kind of a harder day for the juice fast because um, today is like the keto flu day or the juice flu. I don't even think they call it that, but uh, it's where my body's starting to transition into ketosis, and uh, so I'm feeling kind of shitty. I've been eating a little bit, just a little bit of avocado, like maybe a half of avocado, and a little bit of. Uh, coconut oil just for just for energy and for brain function because I still have to do podcasts I still have to do this I still have to talk to you fine folks so uh, I still have to play music so I, my brain needs to function um, I, I have noticed a couple of things my pee smells terrible um, but it actually doesn't smell too bad now but like the first pee of the morning smelled like almost like asparagus peas you know like just Ugh, just I, I it just must be all the toxins. I'm just gonna say it's the toxins coming out of my body. Um, but other than that, it's pretty good. Everything's working normal. Um, I'm just starving all the time. Um, <laughs> Jason Tyler Black, who uh he he sent over an interesting idea. He said, "Here we go." Mikey P is hungry all the time, hungry all the time, hungry all the time. You might also see that in my story. Um, that's for you, Jason, if you're listening. Sometimes Jason listens, sometimes he doesn't. Go to RainaMystique.com, R-E-I-N-A-M-Y-S-T-I-Q-U-E.com, and check out what we got going on this year. So me and my lovely wife, Raina Mystique, are doing a single uh, uh, a month. 
and we'll see how long this lasts. We we got the first few months down. <laughs> Great. Uh, so what we're doing is we're releasing songs. Some are going to be new. Some are going to be old. Some are going to be, you know, something. <laughs> and uh, we're, we're throwing them up on Spotify, and, and we're just going to release a single a month. And so the last couple months have been older tracks from us from our past that have been never released. And um, so we're looking forward to this year. We're working hard and diligent on it. And uh, just just stay tuned. Our latest release is, uh, uh, what is it? It's Conscious in the Co-op. Uh, it's a collaboration with Conscious and the Co-op, and uh, it was fun. Lyrical drive-by, so go check it out. Uh, you can also click on the Experience tab while you're at RainaMystique.com and find out where me and my lovely wife are playing in the Toledo, Ohio area. Uh, <clears throat> one thing I got to say is that our schedule is about to pick up heavily, so now's the time to look because... Uh, Raina is wrapping up a show up at the Purple Rose uh, production, I should say, and uh, we're gonna our schedule's opening, so definitely go look at the experience tab and come out, support, or you know, just say hi, have a drink, bring your date. I'm telling you, me and Raina's shows are great for date night because they're gonna be impressed, and especially if you're a dude with a chick, or if you're, excuse me, um, if you're a chick who's taking another chick out. <laughs> I, I'm uh, inclusivity here, baby. Uh, if you're taking someone out, especially a lady, uh, they're gonna love Reyna because, well, ladies like to see other ladies in in position of power because that's inspirational. Why wouldn't you want to see another woman in in a place of power? Uh, so, wow, what is even going on with this? We're moving on. Jesus Christ, go to the experience tab if you want to see us. Bring a date. Uh, <laughs> go to go to wespeakenglishgood.com, and um, that's still something we're working on. I'm trying to expand it to. Uh, we decided to go with WSEG Media instead of We Speak English Good Media. Uh, it's just less of a mouthful. So WSEG Media will be the new um, name that everything, the umbrella corporation that uh, everything falls under. So. Um, we're going to be expanding the website out to uh, show some of the photos I've taken, some of the books that I've read, some of uh, some of the videos that I've done. And um, it, it's just going to be a whole thing because I'm too cheap and lazy to make and pay for a um, new website. So that's what we're doing. We're expanding it. You can follow us on Instagram at We Speak English Good. And on Facebook at We Speak English Good, uh, you can leave, uh, you can, wait, hold on, I always, I can't remember, I have to always say, hold on, I gotta remember, wait, like, subscribe, review. So go like us on Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, I guess, um, subscribe. So right now, YouTube, I'm taking, with my Instagram, I'm putting up tutorials uh, of different instruments that I play, of just different songs and different licks, mostly licks. I, I always like the idea of licks. So if you're interested in that, go onto our IG and our YouTube at We Speak English Good, youtube.com slash We Speak English Good. And I'm throwing all those uh, videos from IG onto YouTube finally so you can click around and scrub through it because on IG it's kind of a pain in the ass. You can't scrub through the video. 
So go subscribe on YouTube. Go subscribe on Apple iTunes to the podcast, I should say, for the podcast. Go subscribe on iTunes. Anywhere you get your podcast, we're there. Um, and uh, leave a review, please. Uh, on any of my videos, please leave a review. Um, you can leave a review on um, I, the iTunes, Apple iTunes, which is a pain in the ass. But anybody who goes through the trouble to do it, I am very much appreciative. Uh, so please go review. Leave us a five star. Someone left us a two star. That's fine. If you don't like what we're doing, fine. I don't care. It's whatever. There's what is it is. There's eight hundred fifty thousand podcasts serving 51% of the population of America. So let's say America is roughly 350 million people. 51% of those people are listening. So what, 130 million, I guess? Maybe. Um, so that is an interesting fact that I just threw out there just for you guys. So go and listen to more podcasts. I don't know. So yeah, like, subscribe, review. So I did end up getting more emails and I do want to read those because that's part of the show. I love reading the emails and such. And if you do feel like reaching out to us online, on SoundCloud, wherever, leave a comment wherever. And if I find it in a timely manner, I'll read it on air. And if you don't want me to read it on air, please let me know. And I won't. But if you don't say shit, we're doing it. So so let's read some comments. Well, one comment, I guess. Um, this comes off of the episode 218 with Ed McGee. Um, and it comes from a guy by the name of Ray Bog Bogman. Bogman. I don't know. Anyways, Ray, thanks for commenting and writing into the show. Uh, here we go. Hey, Ed and host, nice both, nice job, both of you. I am newish fan of hookah just in the last couple of years. Was at my first hookahville last fall. It was great to hear about the band from a member of a former member of the band, and it was great to hear a bit about your creative process. I have looked online for info on the band, like history and such, and it's not really out there. I had wanted to film a documentary on them at the last hookah, but never heard back from the band. We speak English good. Only thing I would suggest to you is slow yourself down a bit. I know you were nervous as hell interviewing someone you have seen on a stage for the last 20 years, so your nerves are totally understandable and i would probably do worse next time don't think about your next question till after the other is finished speaking then have a follow-up question ready but you're not really listening but you're not really listening if your mind is off running thinking about what you're asking next and i could tell the way you spoke that a couple times your mind had been off and your voice gave way that you weren't really listening. Just the inflection of your voice. So, um, sorry for my elementary grade reading skills there, but uh, you get the gist, right? So, Ray, I, I, again, I appreciate you writing it. And, and I also want to point out that this is very... I'm not upset about this at all because it is very constructive criticism, and, and I agree with you. Ray, I agree with you completely, and that's one thing that I've always tried to do that I keep trying to do is not be in my own head while talking to somebody because that's not a conversation, and um, 
it's just waiting to speak next, waiting your turn. And although I am just waiting to ask a question so the guests can speak more, um, it's still, I can understand that it comes off a little, you know. And I know there was times where I asked him the same kind of question twice, so it seems like I'm not paying attention. But sometimes that happens. It just happens that way sometimes when you're talking to somebody for a long period of time. Also, I want to point out, not that I'm making excuses or I feel like I have to make excuses, but that episode, this Ed McGee episode, was very chopped together. I, we had so many technical issues um, with with fuck. Uh, Facebook Messenger and Facebook Messenger that was the last time I ever used Facebook Messenger to for communication because it was fucking terrible I hated it so uh, keep that in mind as well but you're absolutely right Ray stay in the moment that's what it's all about is staying in the moment and and uh, you know and, and actually conversing with somebody and not just waiting to speak so I replied to Ray says uh, Ray thanks so much for listening you're right I was super hype for the interview also thanks for the feedback definitely something I've been working on what can I say I speak English good lol um, <laughs> Also, check out episode 221 with Dave Katz and episode 214 with Johnny Polanski. I taped those in person and they came out much more natural. So, yeah, um, just another aspect to this whole thing. Um, when you're talking to somebody on the phone uh, or on Skype or something, it, it's hard to have that natural conveyance of energy. You know, it's like... Um, with Skype, it's a little better because you can sort of see the facial expressions and you can see, you know, like the little mannerisms that people do when they're communicating. But when it's over the phone and especially if it's a shitty connection, you're just, you, you know, you're just trying to vibe. You're trying to catch a catch a catch a groove. And, and sometimes it can be challenging. As to um, filming the band and as to the documentary portion of the of the comment i can't speak to that but i can tell you what i did where i ended up talking to these members of the band these three members of the band um so can't speak on why the band didn't get back to you or why there's not a lot of history of the band out there but i can speak to how i approached it so ray if you're listening um all I did was I reached out to Johnny Polanski first, and he was very gracious. He invited me into his home, and he was the former uh, uh, hand percussionist for Hookah. And then uh, after I talked to Johnny, I just was like, well, shit, now I want to talk to Ed. And I just took a chance, and <clears throat> I sent a message on Facebook Messenger to Ed, and he got back to me, and then we did this. And then because of Ed's interview and how well that went, and I posted it on the Hookah Forum, which you should go and definitely join. If you're interested in the band, go join the um, Hookah Forum. There's Acoustic Hookah. It's E-K-O-O-S-T-I-K. And then hookah is H-O-O-K-A-H. Um, just search them and you can join that group. It's a great resource if you're interested in going to shows and stuff. But because I posted that interview on that on that group, uh, it got sent or Dave Katz, who is the current, basically the lead singer of the band now, um, he got he listened to it through the group or someone sent it to him and he ended up reaching out to me so it, it kind of worked out well in that aspect that Dave liked the way I interviewed Ed and that's why he reached out and then we set something up so 
that was my path. Now, I'm currently reaching out to Cliff and Steve Sweeney um, to try to get them on the show. Uh, I haven't heard back, which is fine. I, I'm totally happy with stopping, but you guys keep asking for more. So the only reason, I'm telling you right now, the only reason why I'm pursuing this is because you guys keep asking me for more uh, members of the band. So I am going to try. I can't promise anything, but I have sent out messages and, um, you know, we'll see if we get anything back. So, um, yeah, I know this is a very, very long intro today, guys, but Matt is coming. I swear to you, Matt is just around the corner. Um, I'm trying a lot of new things on this episode, so I hope you do enjoy that. And, uh, Let's see. World, I don't even remember where we were on my my uh, my intro um, pitches. I don't know what you call them. Wow, it's turned into rambling. Okay, so Ray, thanks again for writing the show. Uh, I think that's it for now. Uh, we actually play out of this show, so we'll see you next week with Nissan Fucking Stewart. Nissan Stewart is an uh, amazing, incredible drummer. Uh, just a amazing producer he he's currently the music director for uh, dancing with the stars he's worked with timberlake directly with Aaliyah, which he has a great story he's worked with madonna he's worked with missy elliott he's worked with um fuck, jesus he's played with prince he's played with jay-z he's played with uh, I mean, he has a, a Grammy-nominated gospel band, the Soul Seekers, who are just incredible. He's actually a pastor of the church he was raised in now, so he's just a multifaceted guy. He has a we talk a lot. We have a, gr- a lot of great information uh, about productions, a lot of inside information that uh, he's sharing with us. So definitely check out next week's episode as well and uh with nissan fucking stewart i also have blaine dillinger of hyrie on uh, on the docket as well and that's a fucking incredible conversation as well so we got some fire ass podcasts coming up including this one with matt elton smith matt hit it baby oh i almost forgot Take care of your fellow human beings. NHJ's for everybody. Yo. Hey, hey, Matt Smith. What's going on, brother? Nothing much, man. How are you? I'm doing well. I, 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 you're up awfully early. Um, I, I know you're a student, so I'm guessing you're used to it. How how early have you been awake? Uh, I've been awake since like seven. Oh, okay. So not too bad. You enough to get some coffee in you and move around a little and start thinking and stuff. Yeah, I got. I'm, I'm on cup number one right now. <laughs> Well, shit, man. I fucking I appreciate you coming back on the show. Um, you've been on the show a few times, and the last time we talked, you were about to, you were getting ready, or you were engaged, and you were heading off to Long Beach to go to I think grad school, and um, there was a lot of stuff that you were about to do, and now you're you're kind of in that mi- you're in the middle of it. You got your wife, and you got your schooling. So so tell me, man, what you been up to? Well. Um, 
nice I can remember all that stuff because, man, I didn't. But that, <laughs> that was a while ago. Um, that was a so, while ago. Yeah, I, I have um, since graduated. I graduated in May. Oh, um, congratulations. With my master's degree from Cal Arts in jazz drums. Hey, hey. Um, and that was tight. Um, <laughs> I got to uh, study with Joe LaBarbera, who was um, Bill Evans' last drummer. Oh, wow. Which is... Uh, uh, such an honor and such a um, great time to spend two years with him. Oh wow! Uh, um, I'm I'm sorry to interrupt. Through. I know you're like listing stuff off, but I, I want to get right into that guy. Like, what what are some crucial elements that you took away from the from from the last two years with that guy, Joe? Yeah. Um, I would say that that's kind of funny. The first thing he pointed out was just like this body movement and stuff about like my my playing that I was doing that was kind of unnecessary. Um, you know, it's just easy things like pointing out like my high, some of my high hat was going crazy or like maybe if you're, you know, when you're playing fast, you know, you should try it this way. Um, also, you know, he's, he's still, he's still playing. <laughs> so w- what I wanted to get out of him mostly was how, the longevity of which, how to, how to stay at the top of your game for as long as he has. He just turned 72 wow. like, uh, last week. So, um, I mean, well, well, I think I'm still figuring that out what I learned from Joe. I mean, I could say like, you know, three, four comping and, and, you know, uh, second line feels and stuff too. But, you know, I think the bigger picture stuff is more important to me at least at where I'm at. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I mean, I mean, like we, we could sit here for, you know, forever and, and just split apart the, the minute uh-huh. details of what you learned with Joe. But you're right. So what what was some of the things that he does to sort of uh, keep his body in motion? Because that's a huge problem. Like I'm already I'm already having wrist problems. I'm fucking wearing these wrist grips uh, just to play guitar now because my wrist is fucking me on these like longer gigs. So it's like, oh, yeah, man, your body falls apart with um, doing repetitive motion over and over again. So what are some of the things he was telling you? Yeah, I think what what he does is. You know, he he eats well, he gets a good night's sleep, he um stretches before he plays, always. Mm, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um and um I think for him it's as much about um you know, muscle memory for him too. Mm. Like he just he's always um trying to learn something from his students as well. So he's trying to keep active um through the youth too and I think you know, having the opportunity to teach, you know, kids 18 to, you know, my age for as long as he has, he's um, kind of held a little bit of a gateway into the, into his youth, into the spirit there as well. So I think that really helps. Yeah. Yeah, man, for sure. Yeah. No, I love, uh, I love that. I love teachers who aren't, who aren't, who don't like, not like there's they have a superiority complex, but there is like this sort of talking down, like like they're talking to somebody that's you know they're, you're they're, you're there to learn, right? And they they possess more knowledge than you. That's why you're paying them to teach you. But like, but they're like there to learn as well. It, it, it's uh, I, it can't be a one way street, is what I found. It can't just right. be me. I'm telling you this information, and you accept it for what it is, and don't <laughs> <laughs> just eat it. Uh, <laughs> 
So you got to study. Yeah, Joe, Joe yeah, didn't fall short of that. <laughs> um, so you 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 got to study with this amazing drummer, uh, and, and and I interrupted your list. So I'm sorry. Do you? Do you oh man. Do you remember where we were? Yeah, I do. Okay. Yeah, I was. Um, I I also got the opportunity to study with um, world-renowned tabla instructor Swapan Chowdhury, oh. and his um, his. And, and also this really, really world-famous percussionist named Randy Gloss. Um, and I got to start Tabla, which is really cool. And uh, I've been playing those for, you know, over two years now. Holy it's shit. And um, it's just a labor of love. And uh, if anyone is ever thinking about trying Tabla, it's just, you should definitely do it. Because you don't need to be a drummer to do it. It does help, but um, it's... <laughs> I think it, it's funny because coming from the drummer standpoint on Tabla, like you don't, it's not so much that the strokes are hard, but it's learning the language at the same time as learning the strokes that's hard. Like, like, you know? like that yeah. kind of stuff? Yeah, yeah. All, all your, all the phonetic language of the Tabla is very, um, it, it, it makes a lot of sense later <laughs> but when when you're learning it all and and you know you learn it in like words just like how you learn to speak in sentences so you know at, at first you just learn the one word at a time you know and then you put words together and then eventually you form sentences which form paragraphs form whole compositions you know and it's very um it's very rewarding when you understand it all and then you can see kind of like oh okay i see how the composition like delved into like this type of variation because of this that and this you know um and then i also got to perform or play this um wonderful brazilian instrument called the pandero which um i started at cal arts as well so i guess like my whole cal arts experience for me was i really wanted to be the drummer that plays percussion hmm. my main uh I guess goal, like to seek to seek out people that needed a, a, a great drummer that could also whip out some per- cool percussion stuff. Because you know, like um, I feel like when it goes the other way, like a percussionist that plays drums, they bring a different set of materials to the table. Yeah, you know, at least in my head. So um, <laughs> that's kind of like where I don't know. That's where I'm trying to carve out my niche. Well, I like that, man. I really do. It's, uh, you know, what I find is like I find a lot of hand percussion is I don't know, like I I don't see the transfer well, but maybe that's just me, and I don't I'm not around it as much as you are because you're a percussionist. But I see a lot of times a hand percussionist doesn't transfer well to the. You know what I'm talking. I'm generalizing, and I hate what I do. It's just like when I w- what I thought that drummers. How do drummers compose music? Like that that stupid idea that I had. Fucking where it's just like and, 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 as I started the podcast and I talked to you and I uh, I talked to fucking Jake. Uh, uh, fuck, what the fuck is Jake's last name? Major. Thank you, Jake Major. You know Hubbard. I'm talking. I'm, I'm talking. Yeah, exactly. Nathan Hubbard. All these amazing composers. Who are just happen to be drummers. So I think that's just one of my stupid things that I like to just just one of those assumptions that I just run with. But but I, I like that idea though of you be, be having that uh that 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 like um it's like that hidden weapon. It's just like, oh yeah, but I also got this, bitch. What's up? Right. <laughs> right. No, totally. I think it makes you it, it just brings value to your playing, to your musicality, to your 
uh, to everything you can give to an ensemble, you know, yeah. even if I'm just playing drums, you know, the fact that I've studied tabla gives me a different type of phrasing and different types of ideas. Exactly. But, that, you know? That's exactly where I was about to go. It's like that, yeah. the, the, just the knowledge and, and, and learning to expand your, your knowledge of rhythm and where it can go definitely transfers to your main instrument it's right. it's it's a uh, it's weird too because because uh, i'll play guitar and and piano and and all the time it, all the time they inform each other or i'm learning mm -hmm. and for a second there mm -hmm. for my instagram i was trying to do like the same lick on each instrument but i just was like this is stupid i'm not doing this anymore but <laughs> i abandoned that quickly but in that time that i was doing that like it actually makes a lot of sense to actually do that especially if you are in multi-instrumentalist is the to carry all those you know those tools with you across your instrumentation um so with that one the one instrument you said that was the south american is that the tambourine with the with uh, pandero yeah yeah but but it's like a tambourine with a head on it yeah, okay. yeah, absolutely. That, I'm uh, sorry. I, that's just my fucking American knowledge of percussion. So no way, no way. It's uh, yeah, it's very cool. It's uh, it's kind of a uh, what's the word? It's a it's a condensed version of the whole samba battery, which a battery is like an ensemble, like a percussion unit. You mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. um, so it has everything like that. It's funny. This this is one uh, really small looking tambourine. That's called the tambourine, but it has no jingles, and it's played with a stick that has like three plastic dowels attached to it. And they have a sordo drum, which is the big bass drum. They have big jingles, like you can think of like a stick with a bunch of tambourine jingles on it, and they play it like with two hands, you know? Yeah. And so the pandero was was made to kind of encompass all those sounds into one instrument, similar to how the drum set was made to, uh, you know, pay less people. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but of course, like, you know, you, they don't play, um, you know, at least the, the type of style of Pandero that I was learning was the, was the Shoro style, which is more of a small condensed ensemble type of stuff. But there's other people that play, you know, uh, in huge groups and the and the pandero is in you know samba school you know carnival type stuff yeah but this the style that i was learning was more for like a uh, very small ensemble like guitar and uh, soloist kind of kind of stuff so um and i i love playing it i love taking it on a hike and um you know holding it because half the battle of playing this instrument is actually holding it yeah. You know, because it, it really screws up your wrist if you don't build up the endurance to play it. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so sometimes the more expensive the drum is, the lighter the drum. Yeah. So, that, yeah. Th that's fucking... Th it's uh, it's crazy that even that little ass thing is he's still over there just doing that damage, that repetitive motion, man. And right. Mm -hmm. that, mm -hmm. <laughs> the the tablas, man, I, I fucked with the tablas a little bit, and... um. What, like where, where I know it takes like years to sort of develop um you know any any kind of like real skill that you want to go out and like present to people but uh I was just um 
Where are you at with that? And and again, I realize that this is like a lifelong skill, a lifelong thing to master. But where are you at? Yeah. Are, are you sliding? Because like I could do the I could do the palm slide, and I even could get a little slide out of the smaller drum. But this was so many years ago. I I, I mean, like I I can't do any of that um, anymore. There's I, I would say there's different there's different parts of like every toddler player's development. Um, I wouldn't say it takes years to develop. Because mm-hmm. it just kind of takes it, it like so. However, you start and when you start and how dedicated you are. Yeah. Um. So, I don't know. As far as my tabla playing goes, um, I I hit a huge milestone last year when I got to um, perform with the tabla ensemble at mm. school, and that's like a group of like I think it was something like fifteen or sixteen tabla players, all playing. Um, the same about 45 minute composition wow and it was all like memorized oh shit and um that was probably the biggest body of work that i've ever had to like lock in my head um you know i mean i guess you know i've played you know big rock and roll shows that are like an hour and a half you know that i didn't i was off book for but like this to me was it had needed so much more focus and um and you know like the preparation of which was kind of crazy um the uh, let's see yeah the preparation was nuts i like there was parts of my time at Calais where i was playing way more tabla than i was playing drum set <laughs> which was fine you know like you're like i'm okay with this <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely because i mean and i found I found so many good friends in the world music percussion department at school, you know, like, um, I, I don't know. I can't say enough about Cal Arts. You can just call me a poster boy for that place. It was such a, um, it was such an opportunity and such a great place to, to learn and to incubate and to be, um, exposed to different music. You know, and, and so I kind of really wanted to take that into stride and, and go off and do a bunch of different things. Um, that's kind of where I also started. Um, uh, I don't, I don't know. I think we'll get into it later, but I started playing around with Ableton right when I started getting, uh, right when I started CalArts mm. and I didn't really start to like blossom in that until about a year or a year and a half. And that I figured out, Oh, I can actually like do some cool stuff. You yeah. know, I think, I think that takes a little bit more learning curve to me than Tabla did. <laughs> Oh really? Yeah. Ableton did? Yeah. Oh, Ableton is. I'm still learning that. Shit. Oh no, no dude. Not, Ableton it's... is fucked up, dude. It is a fucked up program. But once you get it, I feel like Ableton's workflow is just. It's just it. It works best for me. I yeah, lo- I don't know. I don't know if you fucked with Logic at all. But Logic to me, like I'm still like because 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 uh, well, you've been in my you were in my studio in in San Diego. Yeah. Um, I was using strictly Ableton, but as soon as I left San Diego, we bought a Mac, and so uh, I, I just got Logic, and and it was such a mind fuck. Even though Ableton was a mind fuck, but you know, like it's always a mind fuck when you first start it, and then once you get it, it's like that's all you know. So it was right. just the learning curve for Logic for me was just horrendous. But but um, yeah, man, Ableton, yeah. I mean, you've been doing some awesome shit, dude. Like the sounds you're getting out of your drum set, and like I don't know where you're recording, but it, I mean, it doesn't look like it's in some like 
professional studio. And the the tones and the soundscapes that you're getting out of out of the beats that you're putting out right now are just fucking amazing, man. So like you obviously you. figured out some you figured Ableton out to some point. Uh, what was right. your, what was some yeah, of the bigger <laughs> what was some of the bigger challenges with uh, that particular DAW? Um, I think it really went into like finessing and understanding um, some of the sounds that the listener doesn't need to specifically know that are there, mm-hmm. but that make the track sound good. Yeah, you know, like that that give the energy, like some of like. For instance, just the easiest way to think about it is when, you know, any like EDM DJ throws the riser in, you know, right mm-hmm. before the drop, you know, like those are things that like, uh, I mean, I don't, I feel like maybe people that are listening are like, oh shit, oh shit, here it comes, here it comes. But I'm saying, oh man, listen to that riser, that riser's tight, you know, like they're, <laughs> yeah. they're, 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 they're building the energy, the composer is building the energy so much so that it can give some sort of release to the listener and like, so like moments like that, or, um, that I really enjoy like making or, um, uh, finding, you know, I, I realized that having the right people come in and play on your beats too, can, can really help. Like, um, I don't know, like the easiest way to say that is like, if the performance is good, the mixing is easier. Mm, yeah. You know, like it's, if, if you can't, you know, like you can't polish a turd you know <laughs> so like you want to always like play your best and, and have good equipment you know good equipment really helps too like i have um at my house or at my i don't know i'm in long beach right now that's where i'm living currently mm-hmm. and i have a um i'm just looking at all my keyboards right now i have a juno 106 i have a Wurlitzer 200a uh innovation base station uh, the Korg mini log, and I have a push with like, you know, all the plugins that you need to throw on the push. Yeah. Um, and, and that's kind of like, and I, you know, some mini controllers here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been fucking with pocket operators recently too, which has been really great. Wait, so I don't know if you're familiar with those. What are the, those, po- are, the te- those are the teenage engineering, um, little calculator sized, uh, drum and synth machines. Oh, I I've, I've been seeing some shit. Wait, did I see it on your page? Did you post something where you were like, yeah, push- yeah, I've been I've been posting with those a couple times. I was like, what the really fuck fast. is he? What is that? <laughs> I was like, yeah. So okay, They're like little glitch glitch monsters, man. It's so much fun. So, so <laughs> what? It looked like you built your own or something. Is that just how it they, comes? They look pretty pretty yeah homemade. Yeah. Um, uh, they're like just these little Arduino type synth machines that um like i have six of them man and they're like they all do slightly the same and also slightly different things you know like there's like a bass one there's a lead synth one there's a um there's a voice synthesizer one there's a um one that makes all these arcade sounds um and has chords and then there's like a strictly drum machine one um it's it's and then you can link them all together bro and like (laughs) <laughs> so you can link them together, goddamn it! <laughs> you can sync them up with the MIDI clock, you know. And um, man, it's it's like, uh, do you ever have any of those? Do you ever play with like Tamagotchis? Yes. You yeah. know, like the wrestling ones. Those. You remember when those ones came out? No, I just remember the like the little pets or whatever. Okay. Right? Well, I, there's these wrestling ones. You can come out. You can like battle your friends if you link them up together. Oh, tight. 
And uh, that's kind of what I think about when I when I go back to like these things. My teacher, because um, I, I still go back to CalArts for toddler class, and he, I showed him, and he's like, "Whoa, like I can't believe technology is going backwards." I'm like, "What do you mean, dude? This looks like it's so forward." And he's like, "Well, like now it's something you actually have to make. It's something that you have to like press a button to do." And I'm like, "Oh, whoa, shit! Like, yeah, that's kind of cool." And so it, I think the the portability factor is really cool with these because you can. Um, take them on a plane you can put them in your pocket you know i mean they're called the pocket operator which is you know self-explanatory in that sense where you can just go and uh make beats anywhere that's dope yeah. I'm de- they're, they're really powerful man i'd look them up i'm definitely yeah. gonna look them up man because that, i saw that thing i was like i don't know what the fuck that is it didn't really process <laughs> it you know what i mean like uh, you know how it is on ig you're just like oh that's interesting and you just sort of watch the video you don't really think about it and you're just like oh okay onward it didn't even make sense that that it didn't even like because because i love the um i love that circuit bending shit i i i know that's not what these are but that's what i thought was happening it was like a quick pop in my head it's like oh he's circuit bending sweet all right moving on <laughs> <laughs> um i don't know have you ever have you ever looked into like that circuit bending kind of stuff no i know hubbard does though oh yeah yeah and, uh, man that dude and- yeah, I know people that, you know, bust open toys and stuff and screw with it. And I'm like, man, you guys are just, it's just nutty, man. I, I, I couldn't do that because I need to know what's going to happen. <laughs> and I don't have the patience to like, to like take it apart the- first off and learn how to solder and learn how to do, I mean, there's a bunch of like prerequisites that people don't know that they have to like right. get into that first. But, you know, uh, the world is your oyster. You exactly. Know? Um, Exactly. Just not my thing, you know, but yeah, maybe course. it will be my thing some, someday. <laughs> well, I mean, it's weird how, like, interests come and go. Like, as we get older, it's just like, I don't know. Like, when we're younger and we're learning these instruments, it was just sort of like what we're doing. And then once you hit this certain point past just, like, absorption, I, you know how, like, mm-hmm. they say that you teach a kid another language when they're small? Because once you hit a certain point, your brain has a harder time learning. So it yeah. it's it, it's interesting that what gloms on to an uh, already developed mind, you know what I mean? Like how people take on new interests, because I, I, it doesn't seem like people do a lot. That doesn't seem like I mean they do a lot, but it just seems like a lot of people get locked into this one way of doing things, and then it's just that's it until they're dead. And I don't know. Uh, that seems boring. Uh, but but. Uh-huh. But no, like, like, uh, I just recently I started doing improv classes and I'm just like, fuck, dude, like now this is now I have to contend with this because, because, you know, once you get into something, you kind of go into it and you, and especially people like artists, they go deep into things that once they're into it, it's like, oh, motherfucker. Now it's like my time has to be pulled into that direction as well. Um, because you only right, have so right, many hours right. in the day. Um, I'm like I'm really I'm really interested in hearing um, some of your techniques on how you're getting uh, different sounds out of your drum kit through mixing and stuff. Like what what were some of the things you're doing that so uh, like what kind of plugins or what kind of effects were you throwing on to get those like I mean they sound like drums, but uh, I guess the best example I could say is like Quest Love has a great way of manipulating drums to sound like they're drums, but you know almost like a hip-hop fake drums like they almost sound like they're a program but you know 
So I'm just curious, what were some of the effects, some of the different techniques that you were using to uh, get those different sounds on your drums? Yeah, man, you're, you kind of hit the nail on the head. Um, all my drums are programmed right now. <laughs> oh, okay. Never mind. Yeah. So, really? Yeah, really? Uh, none I mean, of the, yeah, but, like, but there was I don't have a, um, well, I thought I there was place t- to set up my kit. Oh, my okay. Apartment. So that was like a big thing for me is that I had to like, mm. and I've been using um, just samples, man. And like, I think just to, to, to answer your question in any way is just to always find good samples that you, that you enjoy. And that like, some people are using different kicks a lot, whereas I'm using I'm using the same kick a lot. <laughs> just because I really love the sound of it. Yeah, and man. I, I know it's it's kind of like you get your bang for your buck out of these these sounds that you really enjoy because then you can really fuck with them. Right. Um, I have I have like a list of like you know three to five different snares that I kind of choose from to figure out the vibe, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've just been really into like layering um, different types of percussion and like fully over these beats to make them swing better. Say that sentence you know? again. Say that sentence again. I, I said, once I get like my kick and snare pattern mm-hmm. really happening, um, I do one of two things. I, I find a good hi-hat or I find that like, you know, a bunch of different sounds that can function as a hi-hat, yeah. which gives my beat like the swing it deserves right 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 <laughs> it the swing it so, deserves okay yeah oh uh, that... you know because like i think a lot of people are really really diving into like what what else can i put on i don't know like what it's it's a little it's graduated from just kick snare and hat sometimes at least recently for me like i want to put more on there so that i can like i don't know entice the listener to to listen harder yeah a little bit yeah, for sure, no, man. What is that? What, what what the fuck? How do you do that? Right. Kind no, of stuff. I love that kind of music. Like personally, that's the kind of music that I love listening to because it's like you're constantly hearing new stuff. Every time you visit it, it's like you're always hearing something new, right. something else is popping out. Yeah, I love it. and and with um with how easy it is to sample a sound these days. It's like why wouldn't you be out there trying to like make a fucking a snare out of like I don't know <laughs> fucking hitting a box you know with your finger whatever yeah. it is you know oh like my gosh. Yeah. yeah simpler dude for all the ableton people just throw it simpler get out there. <laughs> yeah man no i and like that's that's one thing that i had to learn it was to simplify shit because i noticed that when i first started making beats it's like you just want to do everything but like if you start pulling shit back and you just start with a solid foundation it just seems like it's easier to build upon right right yeah like most I've learned so far is just to like, you know, keep it simple and, and keep going. Like don't, don't get stuck when you're trying to make a track because what? I don't know, there's, there's been times this past month when I was doing this, you know, I was trying to do like a beat every day. Yeah. I didn't get every day, but um, I did got a lot of days. Yeah. And, and, and there were solid and, beats too, man. So well, thanks, man. And like what, what I really learned is that like, you, even if you get like really bummed on a track, you just got to keep going. Just keep pushing. Like, there's definitely a couple of days where I was like, man, this idea that I started that I've <laughs> invested like an hour and a half into already just has to be done because <laughs> because if you stop, you just and you can't start another track because you got shit to do, man. You know that's a big reason I've been waking up early too, is so I can get like my wife leaves uh, for her job at like seven or seven thirty, and so I'm awake. You know I'm not. She wakes up, I wake up, so it's not like a 
unless I'm like really tired, but that's usually not a thing. So I'm, I'm up and, uh, and I'm making beats by like 8 a.m. Hell yeah. So, yeah, man. yeah, I don't know. There's some, there's so many people that talk about like the morning is for me type people. And I, <laughs> I think I'm kind of slowly turning into one of those people that like gets up early and, goes to bed early like man we've been going to bed at like 8 30 or 9 o'clock that's bro. awesome that sounds like a dream that's a fucking man, dream it, it man is cool. it is cool but you know like i'm not hanging as much yeah um but i don't know i think i have to start being okay with that because of where, I'm, where i am geographically like san diego is far away in la is kind of far away <laughs> So right. I just have to like kind of hermit here in, in Long Beach and wait for people to come to me in a way. <laughs> it's like come to me, please. And, <laughs> but, yeah, but no, seriously I, though, like it's 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 hard. It's hard out there right now. Well, you know what, man? I I found I agree with you completely because like as soon as I left San Diego and uh and you know like you're in your group, you're in your network of friends, whatever. I mean, it's it's beautiful out. You just want to be out hanging and chilling and getting fucking, you know, fish tacos and whatever. Uh, as soon as you separate yourself from that, like hyper, um, was that? Um, so I just heard, yeah, the hyper hang. You know, like everybody's just always <laughs> looking for the hyper hang in SoCal. <laughs> but when you sequester yourself off it's almost like like when i moved to ohio it was like i almost like went to prison and and it kind of was like that for a while <laughs> but uh, for a little while uh but but in that time uh you know how they say you get a lot of reading done in prison well th that's what happened it's like i got a lot of studying done it's like i started really doing real work i started getting back getting out the metronome dusting out the metronome i start I started doing real shit, and and, and in fact, I in, uh, inadvertently created a new thing for me to obsess over, which is video editing. And now, oh. like, I'm doing video editing for like, you know, a couple companies around town. So it was just it, it's it's interesting. Uh, and, and now now that I'm sequestered, it's like I don't really want to hang out anymore. Like, I literally just want to get back to work. Like, like what what the gift of moving away from that from my circle was, it taught me how to um, to work uh, on the things that you want to work on. First of all, but it it taught me how to work and stay focused and 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 like really dig deep into something without distraction. And and yeah, man, uh -huh. I, I did the same thing. I started waking up super early. Sometimes, dude, I wake up at like four and I'm just awake. And I'm just like, fuck me in the face. Fuck it. I'm going to edit or I'm going to go fucking, you know, watch a video on how to fucking use, you know, uh, fucking whatever. You know, like it's it just it's just it, it was a, it was a gift that I saw as a curse. Um, but it was a gift in the fact that I was able to really to focus and, and get better. And it seems like that's what happened for you. Absolutely. It's, I think it's just when you, I don't know, like for me, I've been really into um, just kind of setting goals yes. know, and, and, and thinking about, you know, how am I going to accomplish those goals and what, at what time in the day do those goals most likely get accomplished? Yeah, <laughs> you know? no, for and, real. You start thinking like, like so that. For me, yeah. It's very, uh, you're, you're just much more active in the morning your brain at least maybe your body it might not be but yeah. i mean for me like i just i mean i guess i'm like a two to three cup of coffee a day in the morning kind of guy yeah. so i just wake up and i just throw the coffee on and 
you know, I think as soon as my my brain senses the coffee, it like starts to kickstart my my you know my thinking mind, and and then I just I just go to the computer, man, and I go, and and then I I, I look up and it's like, you know, by the time I got like a bunch of ideas on there, it's like eleven or twelve p.m. I'm like, holy fuck, like time just goes when I'm on the computer, yeah, just making making music or like, just creating, and it's like and sometimes then, like, it's really cool, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, sometimes it's really cool, and sometimes you're just like, well, that was a waste of three hours. Awesome, bye. <laughs> but it's not a waste. It really isn't. I mean, even if even if at the end of a session you walk away and you're just like, I don't even fucking know, like, you still did something, and you're still working at something, and it's, it, like, you still put in those that time into learning whatever the fuck you're learning. Um, what, right. When you there's, hit- such, there's always a concept on, on, yeah. that, on that end of like you know, if, if I'm practicing a piano line or something, and even if it's I recorded it into something and it's not even a great song, it's like, well, I learned that piano line, or like, or I, I learned how to like, or you know, this I finally learned how to really make this delay plugin work. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't get anything tight, done, but know, like, I did that. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, though there's something to gain from every everything there. Absolutely. If there's a finished product, then that's just to me. That's I mean, that's my whole goal is to have a finished product. Right. It's done. So you know? and so I can figure out what the next fucking product is going to be. <laughs> oh, right, right. But when you when you're hitting these uh these bumps in the road, when you're like getting stuck on a on a certain section, and you're just like, I have no idea what the fuck's going to happen now. Um, you said that you worked through that. How do you work through that? How do you hit a section and you just don't know what to do next? And like, what do you do to sort of get back into, you know, a flow? Um, man, sometimes you take an element out to see what it's like. Um, like, uh, I'll give you an example. The, the beat that's coming to my mind was this, this groove I did with a singer. Uh, like my whole, my whole last month I've been, you know, doing these beats every day and I've been a lot of the times taking uh taking tracks from like stories from people's Instagram stories or their thing and I just plug my phone straight into my mixer and I record it straight to the DAW, right? So like sometimes people don't you know, most likely they're not doing this with a metronome, right? Right. So um I had to really line up stuff and and like make these, you know, off the grid kind of loops, which is really really hard and so time consuming yeah yeah so what i was dealing with was like lining up all my loops so much so that it was it was working and there was some there was just times where like the groove was like pushing and pulling in all the wrong directions God damn it. Like, <laughs> I don't like why did I even start this? What, and then it, I mean honestly it was just it was just that moment like I had to like kind of like just take a step back and be like okay like what what can you do to to make this work? What can you can, can't you just keep going and and just say fuck the groove and keep going and fuck the groove, you know. But <laughs> not so much like that, but no, no. you know, but I don't know like it, it's kind of it's more simple to me just to be like, okay, I have to finish it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, you know, one-on-one could work, but 
you know, it'd be better if I just kept going. Well, you know, well, you know what? I, I love the Stephen King book. Um, I don't know. It, it's I know that. That's not a great segue, but uh, the Stephen King book, it was, uh, he wrote a book about writing and it's not a scary book. It, it's a, it's an actual book that he did uh, about his writing process. And one of the things he says is like, if you start a book, fucking finish it, like don't step away from it and then try to come back to it next week. And if you do end up stepping away from it, don't come back to it for like a year. He's just like, fuck that manuscript, throw it, put it in the drawer. If you don't come back to it within like, you know, a few days of each other, that just fucking put it away for a year. And I, I'm paraphrasing and I'm probably getting it wrong, but, but I get what he's saying. He's kind of saying that same thing. It's like, once you start it, once you step away from a project, um, you can find a lot of excuses to not come back to it. And especially if you're stumped, especially if you're stuck, you can find a lot of excuses yeah. to not come back to it because you're just like, ugh. Because like th- just that feeling when you're stuck, is it's just like, I don't know, like it, it depletes my energy. Like it depletes me like I'm fucking tired. Yeah. Like I feel like I need to take a nap. It's like, I don't know. Like it, it's a it's not a great feeling. Um, but I mean, but, and it's a definite deterrent to, to keep going, but, but yeah, I, I, I find that if you don't push through most of the time for me anyways, that shit just doesn't happen. Like it just, it, it, there'll be, there's like a ton of half done beats in my fucking. Yeah. The initial inspiration is done. Yeah. Like the the whole idea, what it was built upon is is wasted, you know? So like, it's better for me to just push through and finish something and then go in and edit it later. Yeah. Like, I don't know, I had a teacher in at CalArts which pretty much just said the same thing and it's like, yeah, I had all these half finished compositions that I just fucking threw away. Because, right. you know, I, I tried to go back and oh, what is this? I don't know. You know, <laughs> you, you don't have any any context to what you, what you were doing anymore. But if you try to at least finish something that you're doing and then you can go and be like, Okay, yeah, I know what I was doing here and this didn't work, but this could be finessed better. Or, you know, because I don't know, when you come from that type of thinking, I think it's a lot easier to, I don't know, finish your track, finish your painting, finish your whatever, you know, right. hopefully, I mean, hopefully, I mean, everything's finished, that was the point, but, but you know, right. improve on, improve upon your initial idea. Yeah, um, one of the things that I find helpful for me when I hit a point where it's just like, man, I know that like this needs a bridge, and I know like you know like I just don't know what the fuck's gonna happen. What whatever the situation may be, if I get stuck and I can't like put anything down going forward, I'll actually just start doing like that the regular editing that you would do for a track to like you know mix it down and shit i'll actually go through and start adding like oh well okay i wanted to put effects on this so i'll throw some effects on this see how that sounds blah blah and what's interesting about that is like you're still working on your composition and you're still you know working on a finished product but uh by the time you get done and you find and you go down that rabbit hole of editing um, upon that, what I find is that sometimes that triggers the next step. It's like, oh, oh, okay, I get it now. And that that this fucking delay can lead into the next part, whatever it is. So that for me, that that's something I'm just throwing out information. But it's yeah. for me, that's that helps. It's a very helpful 
thing to do. What what? So I don't know if you answered it. I, I can't remember. But is there? Oh yeah, you said you'll take some. You'll remove certain things. You'll remove remove elements. You simplify it a little yeah. more. Uh, is there anything else that you can think of that sort of helps you get past those humps? Uh, I guess, you know, like when you, when you were talking about writing a B section, and I think that always helps. Um, writing a B section to whatever, or writing a counterline to your melody or to mm. something else, I think could, could really spark new inspiration in, in your pieces. That's a good one. You know, find a um, counterline. Oh, I like that. That's yeah, sexy to me. Yeah. Also, I think it really is important to think about where you started the beat from. Um, you know, like some there was one beat I did this month where I started just from the just from the melody first. You know. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I did a I did a counterline to that, um, and this ended up being this whole crazy like. Bon Iver like choir thing, which was so, which was so cool. progression and I write melodies over that right mm -hmm. so it was it was really inspiring to me to start from a different point yeah um, in my compositional process to to start so like when you get stuck you, you can always go back to like okay what do I start with and is this still uh the objective is this still like serving the music you know um yeah. you know oh yeah maybe that could help yeah it, um <clears throat> like um like I know you kind of already touched on it with removing certain situ certain elements but I've even I've even like gone back and just like completely changed like like if I come up with a D section that kind of I like more like I'll go back and I'll just change like an entire a section or whatever it is you know like i'll go sure, back sure, sure. and just be like well fuck that that doesn't work anymore <laughs> so it's not being a, uh i guess it's a don't be afraid to fucking delete some shit you know like don't be afraid to fucking be like well that doesn't work and and maybe you can use that for something else but don't be afraid because I, I feel like a lot of people especially like i find with writers especially they don't want to let go of certain ideas you know they don't want to let go of like well this is the big moment that she finds out her dad is not her dad or whatever it is it's like, well, does that make sense with the rest of the story, though? I know this is a big emotional moment or whatever it is in your composition. Uh, this is a big moment for it, but does it, is it, is it going to, the overall arc of a song or the overall arc of a, uh, of a, of a story, does it serve that? Because we're not just looking for like, here's one great part and then the rest is garbage. We want something that is cohesive. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this is one good part of a song. There, I love the song. Uh, you know, there's this one good part, but the rest of the song is shit. But man, do I love that rise! That is a good rise. Anyways, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so tell me about Barnacles, man. Like I'm fucking. Uh, I, 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 I was like, I was like, um, I wanted to listen to some of the songs before we talked. 
and I looked on Spotify and I was like, Barnacles, there was a song, Barnacles. And then I saw this like duck picture and I was like, maybe this yeah. is it. And yeah, I hit baby. it and then it was like fucking, uh, it, it was, you know, this, the music, it was, uh, it was the, I was going to say chaos, but I'm not trying to be a asshole or anything. I, I wasn't trying to, um, I'm not trying to denigrate, denigrate? Yeah. I'm not trying to talk shit about the music. I was just saying, like, all sure. of a sudden, like, I was like, this has to be it because um, I, I think I've seen some videos of you playing with a guitarist who's kind of like has a unique approach and does a lot of tapping and stuff. Is, mm -hmm. is that the guitarist you're working with on this? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So tell me about Barnacles. Okay. So Barnacles is a uh, two-piece math rock band that was formed um, last in my last year at CalArts, and um, we just we recorded an EP last summer, and um, have since kind of done bands like backwards in this in this weird way. Like whereas a lot of bands will be together for a long time and start playing local shows, and and then they'll start getting on tour. Um, we were barely a band, and we played my spare recital at. Um, Cal Arts, and then we're like, okay, so let's record. And then we recorded, and then we toured, like before playing any local shows at all. We just went on the road and shit. Um, like, fuck which, that. We're going straight yeah. for it, bitches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like, uh, it's what's what's really interesting about Barnacles is that, um, is that there's like a 10 year age gap between me and the guitar player. Oh, okay. Um, so I'm kind of doing the same thing that Joe is doing here. And I'm like feeding off his energy of, of you know, the youth of, of his playing and his, his vibe, you know? So it's like very um, kind of throwback for me to go, to go back and play very, you know, hard music. Um, I should also mention that this is, you know, I said it's a two piece and we have guitar and drums, but I also play um, bass synth on my left in this band. Um, so when you see us live, it's sounds like, three people but it's only two and i'm playing like one-handed drums which which is another skill that you acquired in the last couple of years right like yeah yeah I, I was pretty i was doing that pretty heavy at cal arts and i was always trying to find an outlet for me to do that um and i mean i never really and still don't really feel that comfortable if i were to do it in a jazz context you know where i would need changes but like my, my whole thing is if i have a part to play um then i can construct you know the groove over that part and the part is easy to memorize so that's for me it's an, it's an easy easy thing um and as drummers you know we're like totally made to to do many things at one time so it just if it was it was an easier door to walk through than i think most um most things yeah i mean because i just sat there like i there's there's no way that <laughs> I was like, I can't even, my fucking two-hand syncopation on keyboard, just playing keys in general is shit. So, like, I was sitting there like, <laughs> I don't know that hurt my brain watching you do it. But, I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense. Like, you're fucking all, every limb is doing something different at all times. So, it makes sense yeah. that your left hand's doing whatever the fuck it wants. <laughs> so. Right. I mean. Yeah. That's, and please oh i was gonna say and barnacles has just been a uh it's been a really really fun ride so far we have a uh, big tour coming up uh at the end of this month where we're going to a bunch of new places um 
were playing in um, Oregon and Washington and um, Northern California. This last tour, um, we did Vegas and Reno and uh, so starting starting in uh, starting uh, March twenty seventh. 2020 your first show being sacramento at the morgue and then you guys go until yeah. uh, april 4th and ending in santa Ana, california at the beatnik bandito <laughs> Hell yeah, yeah baby johnny b's okay so you're going to sacramento medford portland seattle ashland goose bay san jose and santa Ana. who's booking these shows uh, we actually had a uh, booking agency do this one for us called Banana Tree Booking, who's the same. The guy who runs that is the guitarist in uh, this other math rock band from CalArts called Standards. Oh. And uh, they just they just kicked, got off the road recently with um, Tiny Moving Parts. I don't know if you know that band, but no, that's been, like another kind of trio, uh, crazy math rocky. Uh, kind of throwback to Midwest emo sounding band. Mm, okay, okay. Um, so yeah, it's Midwest very, uh, emo. Know, the, That's the pretty... math rock scene is like very small. I think right now it's, it's not as big. You know, I I don't know if you knew, but you probably do. San Diego has like a pretty killing math rock scene, and it's kind of like known as one of the meccas for math rock. Really, I didn't uh, fucking know. Well, oh yeah, because of that one two piece. What's the name of the band? Uh, L something. Well, there's this one. There's a couple bands out there. There's like uh, this one band, Sleeping People, that did it. That had a huge thing. Um, this one band called Japandi, was from San Diego, and also um, uh, even like some local dudes named Wit. Well, were like really L Ten Eleven, I think, is who I'm thinking of. I don't know if they huh. qualify as it, math rock. Is that am, am I, am I am I right? Is that the you're like you're actually you you were like I have no idea what you're talking about, bro. <laughs> no idea, bro. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, my my math rock knowledge isn't too. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, I'm, but um, I really have all. I mean, as a drummer, I've always gravitated to like music that's a little bit more uh, sophisticatedly sophisticated rhythmically. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. And. Uh, so yeah, I really enjoy doing all this music and Sebastian, our guitar player, um, writes it all. Um, and we get together pretty much when he's done with a song and we put, uh, you know, put drums on it in the left hand. He usually knows what, uh, he wants my, uh, function to be. <laughs> Some, like sometimes it's, um, he also has a, a, a bass signal. So there's times where, you know, like there's this one song that we play that I have a drum solo in and he flips on his bass pedal so that he can play bass while I switch to two-handed drums. Mm. <laughs> you know, or like there's there's songs that um, I'm playing like the lead, like the lead melody in. Yeah. And where he um, has a splitter, it's called an OC3 pedal. Oh, okay. The, that Boss makes and uh, which actually splits just like half his guitar. So he can all the bottom strings or the top strings, however you people want to say it, um, the big old E string uh, gets dropped down an octave mm-hmm. so that he can play bass and uh, all of his top strings uh, they are ring out still as... twinkly. They're still twinkly, yeah. Yeah, they ring. Yeah, I've fucking I, I've talked to a guy here who uses that thing. He loves that thing because 
he doesn't want to loop pedal. He's a one-man band kind of thing, so he has, like, one foot's hitting the kick and one foot's hitting the snare, and then, you know, like, and then he'll have his that pedal and then his his acoustic. And it's like, that's exactly how he hit that. Well, that's not how. That's not exactly how you guys use it. It's not the same, but I get it. Uh, so, th- wait a yeah, this kid, this this kid's younger than you, or you're younger than him? Um, he's younger than me. He's oh. 20, and I'm 30. Okay, okay, okay. Right on. All right. So that's fun. Uh, so have you had any problems with like uh, bars not letting him in to play? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we've been, we had a, yeah, a couple of times. It's pretty, I, I remember this one, played a black hat in San Diego once and, uh, and it was raining and they wouldn't let him in. Oh, Jesus. It was outside Christ. the window like a puppy dog. Man. <laughs> um, eventually, eventually they did let him in. So, But just to play and then he had to leave? Yeah, like 15 minutes before he played, he got in. Yeah. <laughs> I've I've had that. Like I went on tour with uh, I went on tour with this saxophone player who was like 17. We're playing these bars in Chicago, and they're like, "That dude can't come in here." <laughs> like he has to right. he has to wait outside on the streets of Chicago until about time to play, and then he could come in and <laughs> and play. And then he had to leave directly afterwards. Um. Well, fucking, wait, can we play a song by Barnacles? Is is that okay? Yeah, absolutely. Sweet. Uh, what song should we play? Uh, why don't you play? Why don't you play? Uh, Bubble Buddy. Bubble Buddy. Okay, we're gonna lose the Bubble Buddy, and we'll be right back. <laughs>
we're back. So yeah, that math rocky thing going on, man. Like I, I dig that shit. Um, it's just it's not like my main, you know, my main squeeze. Uh, sure. But what what what's up with juice box? Is that is that done, or are you gonna come back to that? I, I know you're in. Uh, I know you're half your. Isn't... Oh, go ahead, please. Yeah, it's never done. It's never uh, done. <laughs> but yeah, like when I went to school, like I had to kind of put a bunch of my groups kind of just just on hold pause yeah. really you know like um we play actually did play a juice box show like a month and a half or maybe a month or so ago oh, nice. up here in long beach um but it was kind of informal and, and it wasn't like we we're just playing at a restaurant kind of deal it wasn't like a a show show you know yeah you but, just... um yeah like i've been i don't know I, I have my jazz trio still as well um we're going to be playing the jazz on tap uh, festival in San Diego in June. Nice. Um, but yeah, nothing uh, like no groups really. That's kind of why I've been more focusing on kind of doing my own thing. Yeah. It's, it's taken me a kind of a long time to adjust to not having a, a regular band, a regular outfit, you know? Right. Um, you know, Barnacles was kind of filling that spot right now, which is fine. <laughs> you know, and then I, <laughs> Because then I I get I still get that fix and I still get to um, do my own thing. Yeah, I, I think it's my my whole life I've been really I don't know I've had to adapt to you know just like everyone I've had to adapt to like my new surrounding my new situation and you know I'm just fucking figuring it out again right now <laughs> and uh, I think in my mind I want to you know release uh, my own solo something here soon. Hopefully by by summer or fall, if I can get some shit out with all this stuff I've been working on this past month. Because um, how you know that's kind of how Juicebox started anyway. Like I took a a month and I I wrote a song a day, and um, it just so happened that all of these songs were in this Juicebox vein, you know. So I picked the you know the five or six best ones, and and I made a record. Like that was to me like the easiest way to create something. You know, that's, excuse me, has the same vibe and um, can fit. So what my hope with all these beats, too, is that I can, uh, you know, pick maybe three or four. I don't know, maybe three. And, like, just release this, uh, an EP, you know, something that's like, yo, this is Matt. Yeah. You know, this is something that I that I did on my own. It, and, and that's something I haven't ever really done. Um, just release something that's strictly me. I've always had um others kind of interpret my ideas in ways that i couldn't mm. but but i need to um and want to step up and kind of do my own thing be it from a, the producer's standpoint or from the everything <laughs> standpoint yeah no man like it, it's interesting like i uh we're kind of like in similar journeys right now because it's like it's exactly where I'm at. And in fact, I'm fucking like eliminating bands. I'm eliminating work out of my life so I can sort of focus on um on uh working on my shit. Me and my wife shit, me and my shit personally, because I've been talking about I've been talking about doing this fucking uh uh Jesus, the synth wave fucking thing. And I have all these synth wave songs because like for me, the synth wave shit is just it's really easy. It's so mechanical. It's so blocky. And I just hear it. So it just it's easy for me. 
And it's like, it's something I could just shit out. And I have all these, like, I have like a lot of done ideas, but I have a lot of these unfinished ideas that I just need to finish. <laughs> but, but yeah, I'm in the same situation, man. Like, like I have a band where I get my fix there. I get to play keys and I get to like, you know, bust a nut. I have my fix where I get to perform with my wife. It's chill. I'm not busting nuts. You know, I'm creating vibes. And, and then, and now it's like, and then I have my own little, like, my little Mesopotamian where I'm just in here always, like, you know, in, in my little studio nook, just fucking, you know, making whatever the fuck's cooking here. So, yeah, man. Yeah. Like, uh, like getting your fix with live performance, like, as a musician, I feel like that's a big part uh that that's a huge part for me anyways but because there's musicians obviously out there who are just okay with sitting in their room making beats all day it, they're fine with that but but for me and for you it seems you got to have some sort of outlet that 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 performance outlet oh yeah but yeah i'm a performer at heart i think you know? yeah me too that's man it's like i i gotta get off it's like because you because you're getting off when you're making beats because it's fun and, and you get but there's nothing like being in front of people feeding off energy throwing the energy back at them and just fucking you know like there's nothing like that but like that there's nothing like fucking having a done beat where you're just like wow that's i did that today for real, no, <laughs> Steven. Yo, I, I, I would say I would say I get the same endorphin rush when I'm done. Yeah, when I feel like I'm very proud of something like that that I, that I do when I'm, you know, taking a solo in front of you know however many people or something. Yeah, totally, man. It's just like you're you're pumped. You're like pumped for like the mm -hmm. rest of the day. Mm -hmm. You're just like, oh shit, that beat knocks. You're listening to it on your fucking your AirPods or whatever. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I always, I always, right when my wife gets home, I'm always like, yeah, let me show you what I did. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's pretty, I just do the same shit, like, yeah, check this out. Yeah, Back me type. too. <laughs> did, now, is your wife, uh, is your wife, uh, will she give you uh, real feedback, or is she like, oh, everything you do is great, or like, what a, uh, I, I um, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I would think that she gives me, like, honest feedback, but... I wouldn't expect her to hear everything that I'm doing. I more look at her for like, just like, I don't know. I don't want to say like the, the, the world idea, but she's like a pretty, like, I wouldn't say we have the quite the same musical taste. So mm -hmm. when I play it to her, I kind of think it's, I'm, I'm playing it to a different people. Right. As, know, someone outside almost. of maybe your audience that would listen to it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or like the, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not trying to downplay my wife's musical taste. No, 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 not at all. No, no, it's the same way for me, too, because my wife is like, you know, she loves all kinds of music, and she's a musician, but there's definitely music that I listen to. My wife is just like, can you please just turn that off? Can we just sit and I know, sound? I know, me too. <laughs> so, so I I'm totally like, no, get it. dude. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I'll do the same thing, because, but my wife is just blatantly honest, and she... And, you know, and I know and it's not in. And here's the other thing is like when you present work to people, it's like not everyone's going to like what you do, even if you like what you do. Not everyone's right. going to like what you do. And and so don't take it as like you're wrong. Um, don't when someone says, I don't like this because blah, blah, blah. It's like, don't take it as like, oh, this is all garbage. Um, you should definitely take it as like, well, maybe that's just their opinion. 
or and and then sometimes maybe it is shit. Maybe you do need to go back to the drawing board and figure it out. But it, uh, there's something about presenting your music or presenting your art to, yeah, especially when it's people you know. It's like fuck. For me, it's hard. Like I, I just stop showing my mother things because my mom's always gonna be like, "Oh, that's so nice, honey. Yay!" You know, but. I don't know. Like I try to send them to my musician friends who are, I know who are honest with me. And it's just like, I don't know. It's just, it, it I, I guess I never get what I, I'm looking for, but um, I don't know. Do you, do you send your songs out or do you ask other musicians to listen to it before you? Yeah. All the time. All the time. Uh, yeah, you... I, have a, I have a couple, like a group of friends that I just always send shit to that I, that I'm proud of mm -hmm. just to like, just to get their thing, you know, and, and a lot of them are just really fucking top of their game, fucking producers, man. And it's just like, so it's nice to get the attaboy yeah. from them if it's just them being nice. But I don't know. I really don't. I mean, I, I, what I, my hope is that they're going to say like, yo, this slaps or this, uh, you know, yo, fix that kick drum. It's, <laughs> it's kind of muddy, muddying the bass up, you know, right. or some shit, you know yeah i'm looking um, for that kind of critique too like where it's like how's the mix like fucking you know yeah. does it make sense does like do these yeah, changes yeah, yeah. work in in a new set of ears because sometimes i'll make these fucking these changes that are just so abrupt and of course that works sometimes you know but like sometimes i'm just like i don't know if that works and you know how like you'll listen to something over and over and over again you're just like i don't know if that's good or bad anymore like have you ever gotten to that point where you're just like i don't know yeah Oh yeah, <laughs> it's it's a it, it's a trip. It's a fucking trip. Um, Matt, I I, I uh, we're winding down here. I, I do appreciate you coming on the show. Um, where can people find? Do you have a website or do you just have your Instagram? Yeah, I would just say hit up the Instagram. And, That's kind of the way to go. Okay, I'll make sure I put a, a link in the show notes. I was gonna ask you actually about your Instagram. Now, um, like when when I came into Instagram, and I think when I when we met, like you were already, um, you had already. Uh, I don't know. Were you an early adopter of Instagram? I wouldn't say I was early. I think I was one of the one of the resistors at first because <laughs> I was still stuck in Facebook land. You right, know? right, right. Like I was late to Facebook too. Like I was still on MySpace for mm. a while, and I was like, "Nah, Facebook's lame." <laughs> yeah. You know, and then and then I'm like, "Okay, Facebook's tight." Yeah. When I was in college, like my undergrad, and then as soon as Instagram came around, my my buddy, um, he, he was an off road racer, was actually just he was using it, and he was getting just like bunch of like he was getting all the sponsorships through instagram and i had a friend who was really big on the pickup jazz scene um mm. at like an early adopter of the pickup jazz people mm. and uh and i don't know like just the i guess like, i don't know i think i'm rambling a little bit but i i saw the potential on instagram and i was like yo that's kind of like the platform that i think is going to work for me yeah you know? no yeah no because because you do a good job at curating the content and I sound like I feel like such a tool even saying that. Uh, but <laughs> it's like you do. Everybody hates the word curate, dude. It's so funny. I love that word. I do too. Get, it's a good thing. People get all charged under that word. I know. It's like I I don't know why. Like because like what I what I 
tell people about my podcast is like, well, I like to curate like the what's going on around me in the music scene and stuff. <laughs> and like, it's yeah. like, but I feel like an asshole saying it. I don't know. Uh, especially followed by content, curate content, like that whole. It's there's something feels icky about it, but you know, like we're 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 out here doing it. It's what 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 are you gonna do? Yeah, and I think at the end, that's what you have to do, man. As an artist, you, you can't like you can't let yourself hold you back from doing something. You know, absolutely. Like every idea is a good idea until you realize it's a bad idea, and then it was a good idea because you realized it's a bad idea. You know, like right. But now you know. know yeah, but now you know what not to do, and like you've learned, and and that's what's yeah. so great about, that's what's so great about music, and and that's what's so great about honestly, that's what I love about like producing and like just being my own creator, is that, um, Jesus, Jesus Christ, I just lost my thought. That's great. <laughs> That's what I love about being a producer too, bro. Yeah, me too. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's just about like getting your ideas out there. You know, sometimes you you fucking lose them, and you're like, all right, <laughs> let's let's get, let's move on. <laughs> right. I I think where I was going was like that. It's it's um, and when I fuck up, it's not like fucking up an entire group of people. Or it's, you know what I mean? Like when, when I'm making mistakes, it's just me making mistakes on my own and me learning. It's like, I like, I like the idea of just tripping and falling, get up by myself, you know, instead of like tripping and then everybody in the band trips with you (laughs) and then it's a train wreck, um, you know, or, or like in a studio situation where, you know, time is money. So, um, that's what I really liked about this home producer thing is just like, being able to just shut out the world and fucking make what you want, make mistakes if you if you need to, whatever it doesn't matter because you can yep. do literally yep. do whatever the fuck you want. So, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, dude, Matt, I really do appreciate you coming back on, man. And like, uh, like it just seems like you're gonna have to just come on every every couple of years and just update me with what you're doing and <laughs> with your life. <laughs> you bet, man. I'd love to. Yeah, man. Well, fucking. Uh, uh, the beats. Uh, did that Dropbox thing that you sent? Did was that full of your beats? Um, or was oh, that was just one that I sent. I sent forward in case you wanted to play it. Yeah, I that do. Is a, uh, it's, it's called one of the more beats I'm proud of. It features um my friend Elijah on on uh Wurlitzer and a lot of the keyboard stuff. So this is the one that I was talking about. That's more from my producer mind rather than my um i guess my comp- compositional mind like this one this particular i i made the initial beat and some of the uh fully foliage type of stuff and then eliza came in and just played these chords and i was like whoa like yes oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah yes let's do this let's make a b section let's wrap it up it was it was we did like three tracks in one day and like the span of like five hours it was very very efficient that's awesome just one of them and 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 this and that's just sending them back and forth um online or no actually elijah just came in and and you guys just sat in together and yeah he's originally from new york but he was out here in la for for a month and we just got a time and made it happen sweet well let's listen to that and well you know what why don't we play this song out so we'll just this will be the end of the show Uh, what's the name of the song uh, it's just called Eli 
X Matt right now. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> what a lame, what a lame title. Maybe we can name it on the show. Uh, but my, uh, how about matcha? Matcha. That sounds good. Like the drink. Like the drink. Like the drink. Okay. So, uh, Matt, uh, where can how how can people follow you? It's at what is it? Yeah, at Matthew Elton Smith. There you go. And M A T T H E W E L T O N S M I T H. And uh, you could put a .com at the end of that, and that's my website as well. Oh, yeah. Well, see, you got a .com as well. Well, there you go. So all that will be in the show notes. We're going to listen to Matcha from Matt. Thank you so much, Matt. I really appreciate it. And uh, this is the end. So I'll see you guys next week with uh, Nissan Stewart. Nissan Stewart is our next guest. So we will talk to you soon. Uh, have you ever Bye-bye. heard of Nissan? Have you ever heard of Nissan Stewart? No. Oh, okay. You should, look, you should look up <laughs> Nissan Stewart. He's an incredible drummer. Just, just Google him. Just Google. Right. But okay, man, I'll fucking I'll talk to you later. Let's listen to this song. Hell yeah, bro. Thank you. I'll talk to you later.